Yo! This is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 148. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say leading in. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into it here. This is another kind of normal episode, and uh, the next one will be as well. And I think episode 150 will be the next time that I do a theme of some sort. So here we go. Let's jump to Sweden here. This is a uh, mostly black metal, kind of death metal band that's been going since 92. It is Nagelfar. And really enjoy Nagelfar. First uh, became aware of them uh, with the Sheol album. And then uh, the album that followed it, Pariah, that came out in maybe 2004, I want to say. Um, maybe 2005, I could be wrong, but um, was a big fan of that album and uh, played it a lot and actually kind of been revisiting it lately and uh, enjoying it kind of all over again but I'm gonna play them because they've recently uh, done a reissue I don't think it's a remix or remaster it's just a reissue with some bonus tracks and stuff like that of the first two albums um, so I'm gonna play something off of my uh, my favorite album of that kind of first era uh, and that is the second album Diabolical it came out in May of 1998 um, that's back when they still had Jens Ryden on vocals. He was the vocalist for the first three albums, uh, before leaving and joining Thierfing. And then Christopher Olivius, um, you know, he was doing bass and kind of backing vocals and stuff. He, uh, ended up giving up the bass position and just, uh, moving over to the full-blown, you know, lead vocalist position ever since. Um, so yeah, this was the second album, still featuring Jens, and uh, fantastic vocal performance on this one. Like the production better than on the debut. Uh, the songs are excellent, just very cold, you know, winter. There's a lot of winter vibes going on with kind of the guitar tone and just the songs in general. And uh, But it's aggressive and still melodic at the same time, and... I don't know, it's just a bit of a step up, like the debut gets a lot of love, um, and rightly so, but I think this album kind of doesn't get talked about uh, enough, I think it's a, an excellent record. Uh, I've played something off of it before in the past, but I know I have not played this particular song, so again, the album Diabolical came out in May of 98 through War Music, and that was album number two out of seven. They had some pretty significant gaps uh, throughout the 2000s in between some albums, so they're only up to seven at this point but um, still putting out some very strong material, so looking forward to their next one. So here we go, off of the second album, Diabolical, this is Nagelfar with Embracing the Apocalypse.
Alright, there we go. That is Naglfar with Embracing the Apocalypse. Fantastic record, and um, I'm glad that they're kind of getting reissued because I know, you know, sometimes they can be a little hard to, to come by. Uh, those early albums. We're staying in Sweden here. This is a five-piece that's been going since uh, 2020. And it's basically very quintessential kind of Stockholm Swedish death metal in the vein of like Dismember and stuff like that, although a little slower. And it just has Michael from Dark Tranquility on vocals. So, you know, he's always sang for more melodic, you know, that real Gothenburg sound, uh, more melodic death metal stuff. So this is a little more aggressive and straightforward um, than other bands, you know, with which uh, he has sang in the past. So it's interesting to hear his voice on this type of music, but I do think the music needs a little more diversity, um, which is funny because, you know, I'm not asking them to introduce a ton of melody and then sound like Dark Tranquility, but I mean just more variety in tempos. Um, really, a lot of the songs on these albums are kind of the same tempo for the most part, and it just kind of all starts to sound the same after a little while, but uh, the performances are strong. The guitar tone is exactly what you would expect from that Stockholm Swedish sound. And uh, like I said, it's just cool to hear Michael's voice on um, something different, <laughs> something a little different for him. Um, they have two records out. I'm going to play something off of the uh, debut, which was called Into the Maw of Death. And that came out in October of 2021 through Majestic Mountain Records. And, yeah, there's not much else to say. It's just kind of that that real kind of grave and dismember style with dark tranquility vocals. So kind of a cool blend, a little bit interesting. So here we go, off of the debut album. This is Grand Cadaver with Rain Through Fire.
right. That was Grand Cadaver from Sweden with Rain Through Fire off of their debut album Into the Maw of Death. We're going to the USA here out of Oregon. Uh, they're a trio. And they've been going since 2014, and that is Uada, and they've picked up a lot of uh, steam over the years in terms of popularity and just kind of landing on some pretty good tours and things like that. Um, I've seen them two or three times at this point. I most recently saw them last year in uh, Denver, and they were opening for um, was it the Amorphous show, I think, that they were playing on. But uh, it was a good show. They're another one of those bands that kind of, after a while, it all kind of starts to sound a little too similar, you know. But um, but it's a very, you know, intense live performance. And uh, there's one song in particular that I remember them playing that I really liked. And uh, so I'm going to play that one on the podcast today. It's off of their second album. They have four albums total at this point. Um, but I'm going to play something off of the second album called Cult of a Dying Sun. That came out in 2018 through Eisenwald Records. And, yeah, they've gotten a little weirder, a little more, like, melodic with the guitars, which is fine. Um, so it's kind of less uh, obviously black metal, you know what I mean? The black metal's still there, but there's just kind of this uh, this other kind of more interesting guitar work going on, I guess, um, than you might be accustomed to hearing with some some of your black metal. But, um, yeah, the newer albums are still good. I think the first two are still superior. That's just kind of my personal taste. But, um, but yeah, I really like this song anyways off the record, but seeing it live, uh, that's, that's the way to hear it, I would say. It sounded great live. So here we go off of the second album, Cult of a Dying Sun. This is Yuada with The Purging Fire.
There we have it. That is Uada from Oregon with The Purging Fire. Great tune, and like I said, seeing it live is definitely the best way uh, to consume that song, I would say. All right, we're going back to Sweden here. This is a five-piece that's been going since 97, albeit with some, you know, significant gaps here and there between albums, but that band is Witchery, some nice uh, kind of blackened speed metal. And, excuse me, um, <laughs> I'm... Felt like I was going to burp and then didn't and then felt like I was going to burp again. I'm just kind of all over the place. Um, Witchery, yeah, I first heard them from my friend Chris. Uh, he worked at Half Price Books. He always would scour their music because uh, he it was already cheap and he would get a discount on top of that. So he'd find CDs and just get them for 99 cents basically and take them home. And I think that's where he found his first uh, Witchery album because the artwork was cool. <laughs> so he just brought it home and uh, we listened to it and it was pretty damn cool. I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the early ones, like one of the first three. And uh, and yeah, he was a fan ever since. And I, you know, I didn't get super into them at the time, but it was a more gradual thing with me. But uh, that was definitely, I remember that was my first taste of their music. Um, some of the albums in the middle... I don't love, they kind of slowed down their sound a little bit, and then they had that one album that had Legion uh, from Marduk on vocals, uh, like Witch Krieg or whatever it was called, and uh, just, I didn't dig that one either, and then uh, their last few have kind of uh, have pulled me back in, but uh, I'm going to play something off of album number three, it's got my favorite production of those early records, and uh, still has some good variation in tempo and stuff like that with all these songs uh, so this one to me is kind of a, a sweet spot for them the album is called symphony for the devil and that came out in september of 2001 through necropolis records and that was album number three out of eight i believe they're up to now and yeah like i said this one the production is perfect for this music uh definitely better than the first two albums and they still kind of had that energy that that uh, youthful exuberance, I would say, because they kind of matured their sound over the years, but this still kind of has that flying by the seat of your pants kind of energy to it, and, uh, and I really dig it. So here we go, off of the third album, Symphony for the Devil. This is Witchery with Shallow Grave. <laughs> Oh, the marksman's disease 
go that is witchery with shallow grave excellent song excellent record um all right this next one is kind of international i guess i consider it kind of uk based but um a couple of members from new york and that is heaven and hell which is of course tony iomi and geezer butler and vinnie apacy Always find his pronunciation of his last name to be strange, but that's what he always says in interviews, so I'm going with it. And then Ronnie James Dio, which of course was the Black Sabbath lineup that recorded um, Mob Rules. And yeah, they kind of got back together, but they couldn't call it Black Sabbath, um, so they called it Heaven and Hell. And this existed from uh, 2006 to 2010. It ended simply because of Ronnie James Dio's uh, passing away. And they released one album. They did a live album from like the Radio City Music Hall or something like that. But they had one uh, studio album called The Devil You Know that came out in April of 2009 through Roadrunner Records. And it was a damn good album. Uh, I kind of hold it up there with like, uh, uh, what was the Sabbath one from early 90s when Dio came back. It was Dehumanizer. Is that what it was? I think that's what it was, but uh, it kind of reminds me musically of, of that. It had a more aggressive, you know, 
edge to it. Um, more metal and less rock, I guess I'd say. But Dio still sounds great, and uh, the production of this album sounds great. Very heavy. And uh, there's just some really tasty riffs on this entire album. And I was actually fortunate enough to see them live um, in... Where the hell was it? Grand Prairie? This venue that's changed names about a dozen times. But at the time, it was called the Nokia Theater. And uh, it was Heaven and Hell and Megadeth... And I forget who else was on the tour, but I brought my brother because he wanted to see Megadeth again. Um, so I think I got him tickets for his birthday or something. So we went. He had he had no interest in watching Heaven and Hell, but I said, well, come on now. Like, these guys are, you know, legends in the metal world. Let's stay for some of the set at least. So we stayed for at least half the set before he was like, all right, let's get out of here. But, um... But no, they sounded great live, and um, and Dio sounded great live, so I'm very happy that I got to see at least, you know, a good portion of their set. Uh, I don't have no idea what year that was, probably 08 or 09, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I think I've played the song Bible Black before, which was kind of the single off of this album. Very catchy, but this one has some of my favorite riffs um, from the album on it. I don't believe this was released as any sort of single or anything like that, but um, I just really, really like the song. So here we go, off of 2009's The Devil You Know, this is Heaven and Hell with Fear. Speed up. 
there we go that is heaven and hell with the song fear and yeah i mean if you're just kind of like i'm not a huge sabbath fan i personally don't really dig a lot of the uh, sabbath albums with ozzy on them i think there's a lot more you know unremarkable stuff on there than there is uh gold you know what i mean some of the good stuff is very good but I think there's a lot of other just crap on those albums. Uh, I think the Dio era was great. I think the songs on Born Again were really cool, but just kind of, it's just weird hearing uh, Gillen's uh, voice on there. But then, yeah, all the stuff after that, like I love Tony Martin's voice, uh, but the uh, the music was kind of a cheese fest, you know, but... I don't know, like, I'm not a huge Sabbath fan, but uh, if you're like me and you're just kind of a, you know, very passive Black Sabbath fan, you can still find a lot to enjoy about this record, about that Heaven and Hell record. It's just a really good Doom album. Um, Okay, let's go to Trondheim, Norway here. This is a one-man band uh, that's been going since 2019 called Enevelde, and... They just released a second album. I uh, have not heard the first, but I've just kind of been seeing some good things about this one over the summer. And it's really not anything um, 
revolutionary. It's just very straightforward um, black metal. It's done very well. Um, but I, I, the thing that appealed to me the most when listening to it is the bass guitar work. Um, I mean, he's not doing anything super crazy, but it's interesting. He's not just following root notes of the guitars and stuff like that. He kind of has some more active uh, bass lines that just work really well within the songs, and that was enough uh, to make it kind of stand out for me and uh, find something to really kind of listen for uh, and enjoy. So uh, since it's been getting a little bit of, uh, of pub on the internet, I figured I would share so yes, I haven't devoted a ton of time to this record, but everything I've heard off of it is uh, is solid. Like I said, it's not anything groundbreaking, but it's just solid black metal. Uh, so this second album is called En Gildre Dude, and that came out in May of this year through Territor Possessions. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play the title track off of that. Which if I if I got this right. Like, I don't know what the band name means, but I think that song title means like a fair, a fair death or something like that. Something along those lines. Um, I could be slightly mistaken, but I think that's what it means. So yes, anyways, off of their second album of the same name, this is Enevelde with En Gildre Dud.
Alright, as that fades down, that was Ennevelde from Norway with Engildre Dude. And yeah, like I said, it's just very solid, straightforward black metal. Nothing that we haven't heard before, but uh, it's just done well. Sometimes that's all you need. Um, Alright, we're going to another one-man band, this time out of France. That's been going since 2016. Not really sure the pronunciation here, but it's spelled A-O-D-O-N. So I'm just going with Aodon. Aodon. But um, I know very little of this band. The only reason I'm playing them is because uh, Justin, my bandmate, um, I basically went to our little group chat uh, with my bandmates and said, Hey guys, I have one spot left for the podcast and I don't know what to play. Uh, what are you guys listening to lately? What, what should I play? So he gave me a couple, like two or three recommendations, and I gave him a listen and thought this one was pretty cool. So this came, you know, as, as Justin's recommendation. Um, evidently, they have three albums at this point, uh, one in 2016 and then a second in 2020. And then this newest one just came out on June 9th uh, of this year. It's the third album called Portraits, and that was released through Willow Tip Records, who I believe they just signed to for this new one. I don't believe that Willow Tip released the first two, but um, but it's very good. It's very modern, I would say. It's kind of got that more modern, like post-black metal type vibe to it. Like it still has kind of the roots are there, but it's just kind of uh, you know this this does not sound like '90s black metal. <laughs> put it that way. So that's kind of my the best way I can describe it, but uh, but it is quite good, and it's one that Justin has been spinning a lot lately, and uh, kind of advertising. You know, he he's been good about, you know, with our social media, he handles the majority of that uh, for the Krigsgrove pages, and he's been kind of sharing certain bands and stuff that uh, that he's been into lately that have been releasing new stuff, just kind of doing his part and spreading the word, and then usually those bands kind of return the favor and advertise our new record and stuff like that so it's kind of a cool uh, family that we're building here so um, so yes you may have already heard it you know through that outlet if you follow our social media and stuff like that but if not here's your chance so off of the third album Portraits this is Aodon from France with Meyerson.
Alright, there we go. That is the one-man band Aodon from France with Mayerson off of their third album, Portraits. It's a pretty interesting record. Um, very punchy and, you know, in-your-face production, as you just heard. But um, it's a cool record. It's one that I definitely probably, you know, would never have, have heard had uh, Justin not recommended it to me. So, uh, all right, we're going back to the USA here for the next couple. Uh, this one is out of Pennsylvania currently, I believe. At one point, out of Ohio, and then out of New Jersey, and then out of Pennsylvania. Kind of bounced around with the uh, the home base for this band, but it's Incantation, and I love Incantation. And they got a new one coming out. So they've been going since 89, and they got a new one coming out called Unholy Deification, and that's coming out on August 25th. Um, so not that long to wait now. And that's coming out through Relapse Records, and that is album number 13. So they've really been on a roll. Um, I mean, they've never really released a weak album, in my opinion. But, um, you know, ever since John took over the vocal duties, um, they've, they've really been on a roll, I would say. <laughs> you know, these last couple especially have been fantastic. And uh, they've released a couple of singles off of this new one cover art is fantastic for this new one and um and the singles have been have been really cool a lot of doom still in their sound which i love that whenever they mix in those kind of super slow and primitive heavy sections and um yeah they don't change much and they don't need to so this is a uh, single number two that they released for the album not sure if they're releasing anymore before the record actually comes out but who cares? We don't have long to wait, so we can hear the full album, you know, in a couple weeks anyways. So here we go off of the upcoming album, Unholy Deification. This is Incantation with Homunculus, which I, be I assume that's how that's pronounced. <laughs> and then the subtitle is Spirit Made Flesh.
Alright, there we go. That is Incantation with Homunculus Spirit Made Flesh off of Unholy Deifications coming out August 25th. And as I said, we're staying in the USA here, this time out of Arizona. Uh, this is a thrash band that existed from 85 to 2000 originally and then uh, regrouped in 2006 and they're still going now. That is Sacred Reich, and I had always wanted to see them live, and I finally saw them at the first concert that I ever took my son to, which was Sepultura in Dallas, and it was like Sepultura, Crowbar, Sacred Reich, and there was one other kind of other thrash band that I hadn't heard of before that opened the show. Um, but they were great then, and then I saw them again opening for Carcass, uh, also in Dallas. So that was Carcass and Municipal Waste and Sacred Reich and Creeping Death, who is from Texas. And Sacred Reich was great there as well. Um, they, you know, they haven't let their age slow them down. And then they have Dave McLean back on drums, uh, who, of course, was in Sacred Reich in the early 90s and then left and joined Machine Head and was in Machine Head for years and years and years and then after he left Machine Head he rejoined Sacred Reich because they just happened to have parted ways with their original drummer because um, when they reunited in 06 they had the original drummer back and then once he left um, they got it just worked out perfect and Dave McLean left Machine Head and swooped right back into uh, his spot in Sacred Reich and they all seem like they're just having fun. You know, that's the most important thing. They look like they're just enjoying themselves up there. And they did release an album um, since they reformed called Awakening. I can't remember what year it came out, but it was a few years ago now. But it's a pretty solid record. But I'm going to play something off of the second album. And I wasn't always a big Sacred Reich fan because they always had some good riffs. But I wasn't a big fan of his voice because he kind of has this like the kind of crossover thrash type voice, like the the municipal waste type voice. It's not a real gritty kind of thrashy voice. It's just more of a kind of higher pitch, shouty voice, and it wasn't my thing. Um, but I grew to enjoy it, you know. So now I can really appreciate the older Sacred Reich albums uh, a lot more these days. But I'm gonna play something off of album number two. They only have five uh, total. But album number two was called The American Way, and that came out in May of 1990 through Hollywood Records, which I have never heard of, probably doesn't exist anymore. But um, the first one, the debut was good, but it was definitely, you know, the production was a little poor, songwriting was a little basic, and a little, you know, performances were a little sloppy and stuff like that. And they tightened up big time uh, for album number two, and then even more so for the next album, uh, Independent. And, yeah, better songs, more interesting songs, and better production, just tight performances. Uh, this was a definite step up from the debut, in my opinion. So I'm going to play the title track here. So off of the second album from 1990, this is Sacred Reich with The American Way. I'm 
go that is sacred reich with the american way um that's a good one to see live as well because there's always some crowd participation when it comes to a stop you know and and on the studio track it comes to a stop and he says the american way but they always let the crowd do it live you know but that's the kind of like mid-tempo kind of stomping song that gets the pit going you know so there's always a good pit for that, and uh, whenever I saw them that first time on that Sepultura uh, tour, they actually had one of the guitar players from Power Trip uh, come up there with them uh, to perform that song, so that was kind of cool as well. Um, okay, we're going back to Norway here. This band has been going since 93. They did, evidently, I mean there was never really an, an announcement there, but they did stop um, in like 2008, I guess, and then it shows that as of 2016 or something, it's active again. But they still haven't released anything new, and that's Old Man's Child. Um, I've played them before, of course, a few times uh, on older episodes. But I'm going to play something off of their sixth album. Uh, they've had seven albums up to this point, but album number six was called Vermin, and that came out in October of 2005 through Century Media. And by this point, you know, Nicholas Barker had been kicked out of Dimmu Borger, so he was no longer doing drums for Old Man's Child, and uh, which is a shame, but um, they used, for this album, uh, session drums, they used the drummer that Dimmu Borger was using for live duties, uh, which was Reno uh, Kileric, I assume is how his last name's pronounced. It's like kill with E-R-I-C-H at the end of it. Uh, Caleric. But, um, but yeah, he was, I forget what his primary band was, but he was basically known for just being able to do really fast double bass, you know. He did a lot of double bass in his primary band. So uh, he was certainly up to the task of drumming for Old Man's Child, and the drumming on this record is uh, is very good. This is kind of the album where they started to lose me a little it's no fault of their own. I was just kind of losing interest in the project, I guess. But there's still some really cool songs on this album. The seventh album didn't really grab me uh, at all. But um, since it's active again, I'm curious. You know, anything that gets released in the future, I'm curious to hear it. So, anyways, this one was co-written by their former guitar player. I assume they pronounce the J like a Y. Yardar it's J-A-R-D-A-R. It makes me think of Jar Jar Banks every single time I see that name. But he was, his strength was kind of writing little acoustic passages and things like that. So there's an acoustic uh, intro to this song and uh, some other acoustic kind of parts here and there throughout the song that definitely kind of have his name written all over it. So he does have a writing credit on this one. And it's my favorite one. It just so happens to be my favorite one on the album. So here we go, off of 2005's Vermin. This is Old Man's Child with Twilight Damnation.
There we go. That is Old Man's Child from Norway with Twilight Damnation off of Vermin. Uh, yeah, definitely my favorite track off of that album. It kind of has the most kind of old school vibes to it, I would say. Uh, Alright, we're going to... Uh, this next one's kind of an international project again. Um, it's got members from Denmark and members from Italy. Ooh, I'm bumping my mic. Um, it's been going since 2017. It's called The Right, and basically I hadn't really heard of them until recently because I saw they have a new one coming out, which I believe just came out um, this past Friday, called The Astral Gloom. But uh, basically seeing that they had a new one coming out made me go back and check out the debut. Really liked the debut. And uh, I've listened to it several times this week and decided I'm going to tack it on and include it in the episode here. But it's great. It's just kind of filthy, kind of doomy, and just kind of primitive. And I don't know, it just hit the spot for me. But um, this debut, it's called Liturgy. Liturgy? Is that the word? Is that... I? You know... I'm a, I'm a learned man. I went to college, but there's still several words out there that I'm just like, I don't know what this word even means, and I never use it in my everyday life. And this is one of them. So it's L-I-T-U-R-G-Y. Liturgy? Liturgy? Of the Black. And that came out in June of 2020 through Iron Bonehead Productions, and uh, that was the debut. They did an EP before this in 2018, and then the debut in 2020, and now this uh, follow-up album, The Astral Gloom, uh, for 2023. But this, I don't actually, I don't think uh, the new one is on Spotify yet. I think it came out today, but it's not on Spotify to check out. But um, I will check it out as soon as I'm able. I'll have to check it out on YouTube or something. But um, yeah, this debut. Very good, so I have high hopes for this uh, second album whenever I am able to listen to it. So here we go off of the debut album that I assume I'm pronouncing correctly, Liturgy of the Black. This is The Right with The Bornless One.
Very cool. That was the right with the Bornless one, uh, and I was right, damn it. I looked it up, and it is Liturgy. Uh, most of you are probably yelling at your, you know, phone or whatever, just like, of course it is, you idiot. I didn't know that, but I got it right, and it's a small victory for me. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to Finland here. This is another one-man band that's been going since 2009, and really... Um, I just happen to see them on a list. I, because every now and again, if I get in a bit of a rut looking for bands for uh, for episodes, I'll just kind of look up lists of like the best death metal releases of the last three years, or you know, try to find some recommendations that way. And I came across this band, hadn't heard them before, checked it out, thought it was pretty cool. I'm not sure, just given the style of it, how often I would go back to it, but uh, definitely I did not hate it at all. Uh, the band, I believe this band name is kind of made up because I looked up the word and it doesn't seem to come up as an actual word anywhere. <laughs> so I'm just going to give it the old college try here. So I'm pronouncing it desecracy because it's like, imagine if you combined like desecrate and heresy or something like that. Desecracy. And I don't know. They've been around a while, and I had no idea. So there's eight albums now at this point. They've been going since 2009. I'm playing something off of the seventh. I think the eighth one just came out or is about to come out. Um, either way, I, I have not heard the newest one yet, but I checked out uh, album number seven called Unveil in the Abyss, and that came out in April of 2022 through Extreme Music. And it's cool. It's very kind of slightly weird, but not over-the-top weird. And it's atmospheric uh, death metal, but it's generally pretty slow, but it's not doomy. Like, it's not death doom, but it's just kind of slower, kind of weird, kind of atmospheric death metal. And uh, I could see why this would, um, you know, kind of hit the mark for a lot of people, because this style seems to have really picked up uh, steam over the last decade, you know. But uh, it was a cool record. I have not gone back and checked out any of the older stuff, and um, I'll try. I'll try and get around to it. I don't know. I'm I'm old. I'm tired. I'm just tired, man. <laughs> it's it's hard to get around to listening to all this stuff, but I try my best. Uh, so here we go. 
Off of the seventh album, Unveil in the Abyss, this is Desecracy from Finland with Necro Levitation.
There we go. Kind of atmospheric, kind of hypnotic. That was Desecracy from Finland with Necro Levitation. Pretty appropriate song title as well. It just kind of has this kind of mystical kind of vibe to it as well. Um, all right, we got a couple more here. Let's go to Norway again. This band uh, has been going since 92. Although the lineup is confusing because they'll kind of have official members listed. And then seemingly every time they play live, there's just different people out there. Like, he must just have a Rolodex of 30 people, and it's like, well, who's available for this festival? You know, just random people every show. But that's Gorgoroth, and I really like Gorgoroth, and um, some albums more than others. I was a big fan of the Gaul era, and um, the albums they've done since have been eh. They've been, eh, you know, the last one especially just did nothing for me at all. Um, but the one they did with Pest, you know, coming back into the band was decent, but it was still wasn't great. Um, I'm going to play something old. And, you know, of course, the debut al album had Hat on vocals. And he had a really interesting delivery on, on the uh, Pentagram album. And then they released this one that sometimes they seem to refer to this as an album, but I am not calling it an album because it's like 24 minutes and 12 seconds long. It's super short. I'm calling it an EP, and that's the Antichrist EP. Uh, I believe Samoth from Emperor played bass on it, and um, Frost from Satyricon played drums on it. And there's kind of a mix of vocalists here so there's some songs have hat and some songs have pest because he was new to the band at that point and um, so he's featured on a, on a couple of tracks here but I'm playing one of the ones that has hat on vocals and this song kind of gets lost in the shuffle because there's some some really good songs that they've you know and played live a lot uh, you know possessed by Satan is one of them and uh, this one is their namesake. The song Gorgoroth does not really get played ever and doesn't really get talked about much. Is it their best song they've ever written? No, probably not, but it's far from a bad song. Um, so to me, it just kind of gets overlooked. So I'm going to play that one right now. So the Antichrist EP came out in June of 96 through Malicious Records. And um, as a whole, they haven't released anything new since 2015 and um, they don't seem to be looking like they're going to release anything anytime soon, so I really don't know what uh, what they're doing. It's like they fought, Infernus fought so hard to get his, his band's name back and everything, and then he just kind of hasn't done a whole lot with it, you know, which is kind of, I guess, not, not much of a surprise, um, given all the accusations of kind of how lazy he was with uh, band activities and stuff back then. But anyways... A lot of people consider these uh, these early releases to be classics of the Norwegian scene back in the day. So this one should please though that crowd. So here we go off of the uh, the Antichrist EP from '96. This is Gorgoroth with the song Gorgoroth.
we go. That is Gorgoroth with the song Gorgoroth off of the Antichrist EP. And now it is that time for me to announce the final song of the episode. I want to thank everybody for listening as always. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. Um, and you can hear the catalog of episodes on Spotify as well, so please find it and follow it there. Uh, any sort of feedback or requests or anything that you want to share with me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of like news or updates or poll questions, uh, anything that I need to get out to you guys, the listeners, is going to be posted there, so please find and like the Facebook page so you don't miss any of that information. I will probably post a poll question fairly soon uh, to try to get uh, an idea for what my theme should be for episode uh, 150, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I've been a little sporadic with episodes recently, but... I feel like uh, after I put this one out, I should be back on track with everything for every, you know, every two weeks like I'm supposed to. Uh, it's always hectic, you know. We got first uh, first week of school coming up for my son, so there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on getting him ready for that. So um, things are pretty much all set and all ready to go. So uh, I expect everything to be settled down and I can be back on track with episodes here. So, we're going to Sweden to close this out. Another kind of giant in the black metal world. We just played Gorgoroth, now we're going to play Marduk. They've been going since 1990. And after five years uh, since their last album, Victoria, they are finally putting out a new one called Memento Mori, coming out on September 1st, which sounds far away, but it'll be here before we know it. And that's album number 15, and that's going to be released through Century Media. I liked Victoria. It had a bit of a weird production to it. Vocals sounded a little... Mm, not weak, but they were just a little uh, dry, I guess. And the guitars were a little thin, because I know that they did not you know, do multiple tracks. They just kind of had one guitar track on the left, one guitar track on the right, and that was it. They didn't double anything to try to fill it out. Um, but this time around, it sounds a little more kind of on par with what you'd expect um, from albums in the past from them. But uh, they've released a couple of singles. Blood of the Funeral was very fast and uh, just typical Marduk. Very off the wall and um, excellent. Uh, really, really good. And now they've released something that's kind of the total opposite. This is still really good, but a very different song. Much slower. And um, I really, really like this one because some of their best songs have been slower ones. Like The Blonde Beast is one of their best songs in recent years. And that's a, a slower, kind of more headbanging tempo. And that's kind of how this one is as well. But um, it's gotten some good feedback. And uh, I have high hopes for this album. So here we go. I'll be back in two weeks with the next episode. Until then... Take care, everybody. So here we go off of the upcoming album, Memento Mori. This is Marduk with Shovel Beats Scepter. Cheers. Has 
Shadows grow taller, but they say nothing.